0: Hello and welcome to the Witch Hut. I'm your host, Chelsea Martinez, and I hope that your day is magical or at least on its way there. You're getting this late because I had some health-related family stuff happening on my normal recording day and recording was not the welcome distraction I had hoped it would be. Everything is fine, but I just wasn't in the right mindset to record. It's that time again when I tell you what I've been enjoying for the past month or so, and I'll warn you that I don't have a ton of new favorites this month. I got very, very motivated to finish a sweater I was working on, so a lot of what I was watching and listening to had been things I could crochet along with. And that means either old favorites or things that are straightforward enough that I can follow the story without having to devote all my attention to it. But I do have a book to recommend and that is The Sentence by Louise Erdrich. So I guess we're at the place in our current timeline where fiction about early 2020 is starting to come out. And even though I completely understand that it's not gonna be everyone's thing, there's something very reparative in it for me. This sentence is amazing. It's funny and it's sweet and it's spooky. There's a ghost haunting a bookstore during lockdown, which is a storyline I would gladly read over and over again. I also had a couple fragrances I used a lot this month. I have been wearing Gardenia Clementine from Dark Lantern Perfumery as a way to bring in a little bit of springy freshness without going too far into fruity floral territory. I've also been wearing Dead of Night from Lovesick Witchery because it has that laundry soap note that just kind of smells good in a way that doesn't smell like anything overly specific. Today, I have a book review for you, and I'm very excited because it's been quite a while. Today, I'm reviewing the book, Will You Give Me a Reading? What You Need to Read Tarot with Confidence by Jenna Matlin. So just to get it out of the way, I did purchase this book myself, and this is my honest opinion of the book. I'm never here to try and sell you on anything, and my purpose for reviewing something is always to help you when you're making your own decisions on what you want to spend your time and money on. I did buy this particular book for the sake of review because I had a feeling that I would like it enough to review it. If I've ever read something I didn't actually like enough to recommend, I simply don't mention it on the podcast. So if I'm talking about it at all, it's because I did like it enough to think that you should know about it. And in the spirit of full transparency, I wanna go ahead and say that I realize that I am not the target audience for Will You Give Me a Reading. I am not at all new to tarot, and I've been a professional reader in the past, although it wound up not being for me. So I did not pick this book up hoping to learn how to give a reading. I picked out this book because I saw it. I thought that it seemed like it was different from most of the other tarot books I've read, and the reviews that I saw were all pretty positive. I was pretty much immediately reassured of my good decision-making skills because right off the bat it's clear that this is not a book that is half wonderful information and half rewritten card meanings. I don't think that's inherently bad 100% of the time, but as tarot has gotten more popular, there are so many other ways to get that information. There are tons of online resources that anyone can access, but aside from that, a lot of the guidebooks that come with tarot decks are so much better than the little white books of the past. I also liked the idea that this book may be more focused on reading for others, since a lot of other books don't really differentiate much between reading for others and reading for yourself. I'm going to start with the good because there's a lot of it. I love the premise of this book and it's not something that I've seen much at all. The book starts with a quick start guide to giving a reading. Matlin also talks about how reading for others can really enhance your relationship to tarot and I very much appreciate her perspective that the way to become a good tarot reader is to read tarot. The quick guide is good and even though I think she could have pared it down even further, I do feel like anyone could go through the guide and give a reading. I personally don't really advise anyone to jump immediately into reading for others, especially not in a professional context, but I also understand that being able to give tarot readings is a pretty big draw for a lot of people when they start their tarot journey. I like the emphasis placed on maintaining your boundaries as a reader, which wasn't something that was talked about nearly enough in the context of reading for others when I was interested in reading professionally. Matlin seems accepting of the fact that not every single querent you have will behave in a way that is best for you and that's not your fault. Something that often really hurt me was that I always felt like everyone else was getting mostly great clients with one or two troublesome ones, but for me, it felt like I mostly had difficult clients with a few absolutely amazing ones in between. I also like that Matlin is talking about the prospect of reading for others in a very matter-of-fact way. I think it's very easy to focus on the spiritual aspect of providing a spiritual service and choose to overlook the fact that it's still a service. And one of the really big obstacles that honestly never left me was that I I was hearing from all these people how fulfilling and wonderful and profitable being a professional reader was, and my actual lived experience was so wildly different that I had really internalized this idea that there was something wrong with me. I like that Matlin is going through the process of her reading and that she's talking about things that aren't inherently spiritual. The chapter on psychic ability is good. It's straightforward, it's informative, and it's not overly steeped in spirituality. I realize that I tend to very highly praise authors that don't speak from the most spiritual place, which might be a weird choice for a spirituality podcast. I personally see spirituality, when we're talking about tarot or witchcraft or anything along those lines, as something of a given. I think that to lean too far in that direction begins to feel, maybe not manipulative, but definitely very pointed and I do not like to feel that spirituality is being used to persuade me of something. Matlin makes the point that psychic ability has nothing at all to do with spirituality, your morality as a person, or anything like that, and I very much appreciate her balanced view. I like the emphasis on being able to do a reading over being very knowledgeable about tarot. Most books do encourage you to start reading early and often in your tarot journey, but because they aren't focusing on reading for others, they don't tell you that your average tarot querent doesn't actually care to discuss tarot itself, so you won't really need to have tons of knowledge to be able to successfully give a reading. Matlin gives an outline for giving readings without having years of experience and study. I also want to add that she does include activities at the end of each chapter. I'm pretty impressed that these are activities that I haven't really seen before in other books, but even though I like some of them, they definitely aren't all things I'm especially interested in. This is kind of where I think it's important to point out once again that even though this book could really be for anyone, I'm definitely not the specific person it was written for. I'm not interested in pursuing a tarot reading career and I'm well versed enough in tarot that I cannot have the experience of going into a reading not knowing what the cards mean or not knowing how to give a reading at all. My interest in this book is mostly from a theoretical perspective, since it's in my area of interest and it's a concept that doesn't get tackled nearly enough. So my saying that the activities probably aren't my thing shouldn't actually count against the book at all, and it's not like I'm disappointed because I wasn't really here for the activities to begin with. I very much appreciate the way that Matlin goes into detail regarding how to deliver a message that your querent needs, even if that isn't how you yourself would prefer to phrase it. In focusing specifically on giving readings to others, Matlin has more space to talk about the importance of communication with your querent and how that might change or feel different with different people and in different scenarios. One more thing that I want to point out is that although Matlin seems to want to demystify tarot for the reader, she maintains the awareness that tarot is very mysterious for many querents. I think that a lot of authors want to maintain the relationship with their reader that the reader is not fully allowed to peek behind the curtain. There must always be a little bit that the author keeps hidden for just themselves. So a lot of the time, the author is speaking to the reader the way that many readers speak to their querent. That is, there's at least a little bit held back so that some mystery is still there. But Matlin talks to the reader as if they are her peers. She sympathizes with her readers. She understands that on some level, they're being given a lot of responsibility by people who might be in very fraught emotional states, and she talks with the reader at that level. I have a lot of respect for her for choosing to address her readers this way, since I usually have at least a little bit of an expectation that I'm going to be patronized at least a tiny bit, even if it's in a loving or benevolent way, whenever I pick up a book on tarot or the occult. I'm obviously not going to write a review that's completely positive because nothing is perfect and to pretend otherwise is pointless. So here's the thing. I've mentioned before that I write my thoughts as I read and I'll often make a note of how far into the book I am and usually I try to check in with my overall thoughts at a quarter of the way through, halfway through, and so on. Something that I mention repeatedly in my notes is that even though I think all the information in the book is fantastic and I absolutely think that this is a book that deserves its place on any tarot enthusiast's shelf, I didn't actually enjoy reading it. Now, let me just say that I don't think that every single reading experience has to be personally enjoyable in order to be worthwhile. This isn't a book you would necessarily read for fun. It's a book you would read because it can help you. And I also want to make it clear that I don't think there's anything wrong with Matlin's writing. My problem is with the way this book is formatted and organized. These were some of my notes, verbatim. So this is one of the most useful books on tarot I have read, and I would not hesitate to recommend it to anyone who's interested in tarot and wants to learn more about the process of reading itself. Which is why it pains me terribly to have to say that I'm not actually enjoying the book. There's nothing wrong with Matlin's writing at all. Her tone is great, and I think she avoids having tons of filler. But something is just not right with the way this book is laid out. It gets repetitive quickly, and the actual progression of the book doesn't make a ton of sense. There are two chapters devoted to card sorta stuck in where I don't think they make a lot of sense. So here's the thing. I am reading this for review, so I'm reading this fairly quickly. As in, I'm not really pacing myself and doing the activities as I go along. I fully accept that this might mean that I'm missing something that would give me a very different experience but I've read other books for review in this exact way and did not feel that I was missing anything significant. I also want to point out that I would imagine that reading this book fairly quickly is kind of the idea since the premise of the book is that it's supposed to get you ready to give readings wherever you're at in your tarot education, so I don't think you're supposed to spend months on just this one book. But the way that this book is structured makes it very hard to see where you would be able to gauge your progress, because each lesson is not really building onto previous lessons, so there really aren't places where I get the satisfaction of understanding a concept and seeing that worked into subsequent chapters. After the second court card chapter, I think I'm at 56%, which does not bode well for the rest of the book, since often that last 40% of the book is where the more audacious heaps of filler take place. I feel like at this point, I'm already seeing us come back around to questions that have already been answered, so even though Matlin hasn't descended to the level of just writing lists of definitions, I'm definitely seeing information and concepts being rehashed. I think if I felt like the rehashing was leading to something, I wouldn't mind so much, but None of the chapters in this book really tie in with each other except for the two chapters on court cards which couldn't be merged into a single chapter for reasons that I'm sure made sense to the editor that, well, did what they did to this book. End quote. The chapter on being the right reader for the specific querent is overall good, although it is kind of the same step-by-step, step, this is how you give a reading guide. What I didn't care for is that the activity involves getting readings from other readers, and Matlin, who is a professional reader, adds a hint hint, which really turned me off because I bought the fucking book and I don't especially want to be advertised to when I already spent money on it. I'm very wary of resources that are made for the purpose of adding to your own customer base, especially when you have to pay for the book in the first place. It's not cute and I don't respect it. I suspect that Matlin wasn't actually being a malicious grifter, but I think that someone should have read that and let her know that it is not the funny little aside she probably thinks it is. And I do have some mixed feelings about one more thing. I love that she emphasizes that you are free to end the reading at any point, And she also says that you should feel empowered to do this no matter how disappointed you've made someone. And I completely agree with that. But I feel like saying, if you don't want to, just don't, has kind of the same spirit as, if you don't like your job, just quit and do something else. Because the truth is that the involvement of money changes things, and I think there's a lack of gray area here. You should stop the reading if that's what will make you comfortable again. But I think that that approach overlooks the fact that a ton of people are going to want you to read for things that you may not want to, and if you turn all of them down without possibly having a conversation that turns their question into something you feel more comfortable with, there's a very good chance that you're turning away a significant portion of your business. The topic of money doesn't really come up at all, and even though I wasn't really looking for business advice, I think to ignore the fact that money is a factor for many people giving readings does the reader a disservice. My final thoughts are that the actual information in this book is really good, but there's a style of organization here that does not make the most sense to me. And I think that between the way that the writing itself is structured into long form lists and the way that the chapters themselves appear to have been put into order by printing out title pages, hurling them down the stairs and deciding that the ones at the top of the stairs go first, the actual reading experience is very monotonous because nothing really builds or goes anywhere. You learn a thing and then you're swept off to learn a different thing over and over again, and it's all good information. There's actually not very much that I actively dislike, but there's no sense of the things that I'm learning actually going anywhere. So it feels like I'm reading the transcripts of a bunch of different YouTube videos and not just one single book. That being said, the fact that the book is actually very good and very useful is inescapable. I think it's missing a conversation about money, and I think it would have done much better in the hands of a different editor. But if someone asked me which books to get for their new interest in tarot, I would tell them that they need this book, and they also need Tarot 101 by Kim Huggins. And I would still give this an 8 out of 10, because regardless of the things I don't like, there's just a lot here that I haven't seen in other books. (laughs) Since we are already on the topic of tarot, I thought it would be nice to talk about something that I think can be an obstacle to anyone who wants to do a reading. I'm talking about tarot spreads because there are a lot of them out in the world and that can be very overwhelming. Specifically, I want to teach you how to make your own spread. You might be asking, why bother with that when there are already thousands of spreads out there for you to use? The biggest reason why, for me, is because a lot of spreads are going to be kind of generic, or they might not actually focus on anything you want to talk about with your cards. I also think that being able to create your own spreads makes it so that there's one less barrier to actually doing the reading you want to do, since you won't have to go hunting for just the right one. Obviously, first you're going to need a question or a topic for your reading. I usually would suggest picking something broad enough that it's not a yes or no answer you're looking for. Something like, What should I expect to happen with my finances over the next six months is a good question to read for. It's open enough that you can get more information during a reading, but not so broad that you're getting information that isn't actually relevant to you. Now when it comes to how many cards to use, everyone is different. For me, my sweet spot is like five to seven cards. More cards, and a lot of the time, you're going to be repeating the same questions within the reading. But when I use fewer cards, I find that I'm trying to pack too much into that reading, and I'm not really giving each card the space it needs to breathe. Remember that you can always do another reading, so don't be too worried about covering every single tiny aspect of the situation. Also, I very much recommend to write everything down because you might find that you really like the spread you created and you would want to use it again. I like to figure out the beginning and the end first. What do you need to know first, and where are you hoping to get by the end of the reading? The first card could represent the situation, but it could also represent an obstacle if it feels more in line with what you need to see in the reading. It could also represent the past or anything else that you might need to get the reading started. And where it ends could be a card representing the outcome, although you might be more interested in a card for advice or a card that represents a solution. The last card depends on what you want to learn. Why are you picking up your deck today? What is the kind of thing you need to know in order to feel that your question was answered? So if my question is, what should I expect for my financial situation over the next six months, I'm going to make my first card my current situation and my last card my outcome in six months. So what to do with our other three to five cards? That depends on what type of reading you're doing. I do have a few somewhat generic spreads that I know I can pull out when I need a reading, so if this was a question you want to ask again every six months, you might prefer to keep it kind of general. But this might also be a reading about a very specific situation that's time-sensitive for the next six months, in which case you should focus the rest of the reading on your particular concerns. I'm going to create this spread as a more general use spread that can be reused every six months. What should come after a card for my current situation? I'm going to stick with something general, and I'm going to say that my next two cards will be money coming in and money going out. I personally feel that receiving advice from your tarot reading is more or less the most important part, so I will also include a card to represent guidance, and I'm also going to include a card to represent something to be aware of, because I feel like it can be a good thing to open the door to receive giving advice or messages that perhaps you didn't know you would need. And that leaves us with a 6 card spread which starts with my current situation, moves on to money coming in, then money going out, then on to advice and something to be aware of, and the reading finishes with my outcome at the end of 6 months. I'm kind of simple when it comes to how I lay out my cards. I like a line or sometimes a pyramid shaped spread. For this particular one, I would probably choose a line because 6 cards isn't a terribly long line and I would also not have to keep track of which position is where. You can get super Super elaborate with how you lay your cards out, although I do find that a lot of the more elaborate spreads are more difficult to read. Let's do another one. This time, I want to do a reading that centers on a theme that will come up during the reading. This can be a good way to make a reusable spread more dynamic to read. So this will be a spread for the week ahead and my first card will be theme of the week. My last card will be lessons to take into next week. I definitely wanna ask about obstacles and solutions and I also definitely want to know about anything good to expect. I also want to know how the week is gonna end for me. So this spread will go as follows. I start with the theme of the week and then I ask about obstacles and solutions. Then I move on to positive aspects of the week and I ask how I will feel at the end of the week. I finish up the reading by asking what I should carry with me into the following week. And to lay out my cards, I'll do something a little different and place my first card down and arrange the next four cards in a kind of arc over it and then lay the final card above that. Both examples I came up with are more of the general use or reusable kind of spread. That's my preferred style since I tend to prefer either more general readings or Lenormand and then I might go back for something more specific if I picked out a concern that wasn't addressed as well as I needed it to be. But if that's not what you want from your readings, you can make your spreads as specific as you want. This time I'm using the Centennial Smith weight deck, which feels most appropriate since it's about as quintessentially tarot as you can get. There are a ton of different clones of the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, and this is a favorite of mine because I like the more muted color palette and the overall more antique feeling of the deck. I would definitely recommend it for beginners as it's based on the colors that Pamela Coleman-Smith originally chose, so you're getting a very close representation of what the deck looked like as she created it. Our card today is the Knight of Cups. This is the dreamiest of the nights and actually very fitting for an episode recorded so close to Valentine's Day. I think this knight has a lot to teach us about romance. Romance towards a partner, sure. But even more than that, romance towards the entire world. Chase beauty and follow your bliss and see where it leads you. Allow yourself to do something for the aesthetic vibes or for the poetry of the moment. Romance yourself. And with that, we're at the end of our time here in the Witch Hut. Make sure you never miss an episode or a surprise like the first Cakes and Ale episode that came out last week by following the show on Instagram at the Witch Hut pod and follow me at Chelsea the Witch for everything behind the scenes and into the beyond. And until next time, take care of yourself and live your most magical life.